In today's highly competitive mortgage industry, building profitable relationships with real estate agents is essential for success. However, finding effective ways to secure agent relationships can be a challenge. With so many mortgage loan originators vying for the attention of real estate agents, it can be difficult to stand out and establish meaningful connections. Our new case study featuring loan officer Chris Coghill is a must read. Chris has closed a remarkable 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals. And in this case study, he shares his proven strategies for building strong relationships with real estate agents and leveraging those relationships to drive more business. To get your hands on this resource, head over to locastudy.com and download your free copy of the case study today. You'll find actionable insights and practical tips that Chris used to close 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals and how you can too. Don't miss out. Go check it out right now. Visit locastudy.com and download your free copy today. Welcome to Mortgage Marketing Radio, brought to you by the Mortgage Marketing Institute, your number one source for truth in mortgage marketing. Hey, listeners, Jeff Zimfer, welcome to this episode of Mortgage Marketing Radio. So glad that you have tuned in. If you're here for the first time, let me just say thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. If you have been here for some while, hey, thank you also for coming back. What that tells me is that you are ideally getting consistent value out of these podcasts. And if that's the case, whether you're new or a veteran, you know what I'd love and appreciate from you as we start off this brand new year. Give us some love. Give us a shout out on the interwebs, wherever you're listening to this podcast, if it's on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, we're on Spotify now too. Um, you're on the blog, you're on the Facebook page, wherever you're at. If you like what you're getting, just let us know. Give us a little shout out because the more reviews we get, right? Hey, that's the, tr the social currency of trust today online is reviews. I appreciate you sharing your feelings about the value you're getting for the podcast. So thanks for that. And uh, secondly, you know, we're in a brand new year here. So you're likely listening to this in January of 2019. And I want to just say happy new year to you. This podcast couldn't come at a better time for you. The subject matter and the topics we're talking about, my special guest, blow your mind, blow your mind. Now, before I introduce and bring on my special guest, I want to make sure you're aware of a tool and a resource we've got to help you get off to a fast start in 2019. If you are looking to grow your agent referrals and do that with less effort and get more done in less time, be more efficient and effective in cultivating agent referrals. If you're looking to drive sales from social media online, looking to get going with video and Facebook ads and building your personal brand, got something for you. It's called the Mortgage Marketing Pro Membership. What is it? Hey, it's the place where you can get all of that and more personal access to me, private coaching and mastermind sessions we do in our private group, um, guides and downloads, shareable tools and resources that you can give to your agents, you know, soup to nuts, everything you need to become a modern mortgage originator. If you're not yet a member, go check it out at mortgagemarketing.pro and that will get you off to a fast start. Okay, so let's transition to my special guest this episode. And I got to say, first of all, I feel grateful. I feel blessed and honored to have Jim Fortin on the podcast. I've actually known of Jim for quite a number of years, followed him from a distance and, you know, good fortune brought us together. So bottom line, who is Jim? What's he all about? Look, 
I don't know how to deliver an intro to this gentleman who's done so much and made such a big impact in people's lives. But for over 20 years, he's helped thousands of people um, deal in the areas of unconscious sales influence, human effectiveness, and neuro persuasion. Well, what does that mean? Well, if I give you the, you know, the poor man's uh, version of that, look, all of us are working hard. You know, we tend to use struggle and strife and, you know, we've got to double down and hustle and all those types of things. And I'm here to tell you that when you listen to this podcast, what you're going to discover about yourself, about things that you want to achieve in your life, who you want to become, that it's not necessarily about your hard work. It's not necessarily about the hours you put in. It's more about your identity. It's more about what are the characters, traits, and habits that you need to evolve into, take on? Who is it you need to become to achieve that result? And so Jim and I unpack this whole conversation around right uh, how you go about setting goals, how you go about your business plan for the new year. And most people have this, you know, have to be mentality or philosophy in that in order to have something, I need to do something, and which means I need to be something or someone. And then Jim totally flips that around and says, it's more about be, do, have. Who do you need to be, right? to become, to do this. And what are the things you need to do to have the things that you want? So it's totally reverse. So it's not about necessarily, you know, first I need to get the skills, I need to get the training, and then I can, you know, do this and that, and then I can have the car, the Mercedes. This is the flip side of this. And so we're going to talk about your mindset, your personal mindset, your beliefs, and, and what really drives results, what really drives consistency and performance for you in your business and in your personal life as well. If you just want to lose weight, you want to get in shape this year, this is the podcast for you. If you want to grow your business and we're in a tougher market, if you want to not just survive, but thrive and do that in a state of flow, this podcast is for you. And so there's a lot of nuggets and ahas in here. And there's a lot of uh, links in the show notes to Jim's website, to a couple of books uh, we mentioned, to a free app uh, that we uh, talk about, all to help you become the person, become the best version of yourself. How's that? And a couple of quotes here, Jim, you know, we talk about, it's like money doesn't come from effort. It comes from identity. I'll say that again. Money doesn't come from effort. It comes from identity, right? And so we're going to take you through an exercise, a mini coaching session, if you will, to help you get clear on your identity and then help you work on those three areas that will help you become uh, the person that you need to be, if you will, depending on the goals uh, and the vision you have for yourself. So if you like this episode, hey, let us know and check the show notes for the additional resources. And without further ado, let's get into this week's show with my very special guest, Jim Fortin. Hey, Jim, welcome to the show. Hey, glad to be here. Thank you for making time, uh, especially at this when our my listeners are probably listening to this episode. It's a brand new year. It's 2019, and as you know, my audience is sales-related. It's their sales professionals, mortgage, loan brokers, loan officers, et cetera. So I wanted to enter this conversation. I've been doing a lot of research and studying you know, your website and some of mm-hmm. um, what I think you bring to the market when it comes to how do we achieve our goals? How do we get better, if you will? How do we become that person we want to be? So with that kind of setup in that context, knowing that people just finished 2018, maybe they achieved their goals, maybe they didn't. But as often as the case with sales, you often get one of two things, maybe, hey, that was great. I hit my goals or, wow, yeah, I didn't hit my goals. So you've worked with people in that same scenario in the past before. Any just, you know, where where do you want to enter the conversation from there? I would say. 
Uh, first things first, I want to enter the conversation of Wi-Fi. I did not hardwire. So what I want to tell people listening right now is I coach and have coached the top 1% of real estate agents and LOs in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to actually flip a lot of what you believe and what you think and what you've been trained upside down. So even though we didn't hard, I didn't hardwire, I take responsibility for that. We might get a little distortion here and there. Make sure you listen all the way through okay. because I'm, I'm going to start here first. You had talked about achieving goals. Mm-hmm. that's the biggest bunch of nonsense in the world perpetuated by remote why people don't achieve their goals. And I have coached, I don't know how many thousands of people over the years. I mean, I've been doing this 25 years and I don't care if I'm at a large real estate event, a multi-level marketing event, any event, any industry, most people in their audiences don't even get close to their goals. And the reason why is because many people set their goals from the left-hand analytical side of the brain. I want a million dollars. I want to be a top 1% performing LO. I want to be a top 1% agent. I want the new Maserati. I want the house. I want the inner circle. End of the year, they look back. They haven't achieved any of that. Um, As a matter of fact, if many people look back over the years for uh, their goals for several years, they haven't achieved them. Why? Because that is all left brain analytical. And we perform from the right-hand side of the brain, the unconscious mind. So you could say, for example, I'm going to set a goal to make $250,000 this year. And you never hit it over and over and over. Why? Because in your unconscious operating system and your identity, you grew up poor and you're broke. So no matter what you try to do to make that money, you will never make it until you change your unconscious paradigms because we work from the inside out. In this culture, we have all the big personalities that will say things like, you got to work till your eyeballs bleed and you got to take massive action. Mm. I'm going to tell you guys, stay with me here. That is all nonsense that keeps people trapped. The reason why is there's a big speaker and he helps a lot of people, but he's a big tall guy. And he says, you got to take massive action. Well, the reality is, is that is an external behavior. That is a doing behavior. But in your unconscious identity, if you're not a person that can sustain and you can't stay committed, which is a characteristic and way of being, Mm. if you can't stay committed to taking, which is a behavior, massive action, therefore people go to these seminars and they're all pumped up and they're all, you know, hyped and ready to go. And three days later, they're back to their old behavior. Because every one of us, you, me, all of us, we work by our unconscious paradigms. And until you change who you are at the core level, your self-image, your self-identity, and your unconscious paradigms, you will repeat your old patterns over and over and over again. I know that was a long opening, but Mm -hmm. I want to get people to start thinking. We work from the inside out, and whatever subconscious paradigm you have is how you operate. To give you the best example for everyone listening, I think you're in Seattle, right? Pacific Standard Time? Yeah, Pacific okay. Standard Time, yeah. So you're around lunchtime there. So if I brought up a plate of liver and onions and said, here you go, here's your lunch, liver and onions, no. would you eat it? No. no, okay. <laughs> now notice what happens here. You didn't make that decision right now in this time saying, well, would I or would I not? I don't know. Do I? No. Boom. It's already been made at some point in the past and held as an unconscious belief and paradigm. So you are, are in your behavior by not eating it, you are responding to the unconscious paradigm. Mm-hmm. that you have. Mm-hmm. So the, all these people, all these speakers and all these stages, and I've worked many industries, will get up there and say, go do all this stuff. And everyone's like, yeah, I can do that. Three months later, three days later, they're back to their old patterns because what they're doing is not consistent with their self-identity. That is where the change has to happen. Hmm. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. So for those that are listening, you know, when we set our goals and stuff like that for the new year, income-wise, whatever, some people have already done this. By the time they've heard this, they want to grow their income, do X more units, et cetera. 
working hard is not it. So let's unpack then. Okay. So if I've now already set my goals in place, how do I know I'm going to achieve those goals? I mean, is that a legit question? How do I know for certain I'm going to hit that mark? Most never do. And the reason why is notice what you just said here. And this is what everyone teaches. Set your goals for 2019. Mm -hmm. And everyone will pull up that pencil and paper and they'll say, you know, I'm going to close so many units. If I'm in so many sides, if I'm an agent or so many loans per month or so much volume, the subtle distinction here is every bit of of what we just talked about are all external things. Mm -hmm. What we, we need to be setting and working on is what characteristics would I need to be to create what I want. Mm -hmm. And those characteristics are places that most people, and I'm saying most because I've coached, I've coached heavily in real estate and mortgage. Mm -hmm. I have coached uh, two Keller Williams, uh, number one team leaders in the nation. I've coached a lady here in Dallas who who NAR calls one of the top 20 thought leaders in national real estate, owns one of the largest private real estate companies in Texas. And so I've coached the high end. And what we have to look at is not the external behavior, but what characteristics do I need to be able to do the external behavior? So, and those are things like most people fall really short in these areas because we've learned to fall short is what is your level of self-discipline? What is your level of commitment? What is your level of self-integrity? What is your level of, of personal responsibility? These are four characteristics where people, most people fall short. That's why to give you an example here, and I know I'm talking a lot, but I can give these people a lot of value by listening. Good. How many LOs or agents will say, you know what, I need to fill my pipeline and I need to prospect, but you know what, Uh, Monday, I'm going to do it. Boom. I tackle it. Tuesday, I'm all excited. Wednesday, I'm like, I'm not so much enjoying this anymore. We go through that cycle for a long time. Then they go get an accountability partner Mm -hmm. because they're looking for something outside of themselves. The reason they're not following through is because of their level of self-discipline, their level of commitment, personal responsibility, and self-integrity. So they're trying to actually do a behavior to get the outcome they want. But the behavior, the doing is only as effective as the being doing the doing. That's why people fall off track very quickly. So what is it then about the self-identity that's missing? How can we work on that? How do we become the person that we want to be? Okay. So I have coached in the real estate industry. When I did one-to-one, which I I coach very little in the real estate and mortgage industry anymore, my last two one-to-one mortgage clients, um, one of them, his company wrote over a half a billion dollars a year in loans, just started his own team. He works for one of the big companies. Another one is a young guy. He's about 34, makes over a million a year also. What I look at with my clients is what characteristics and ways do they be? One of my clients went through one-to-one coaching with me. He said, you know what? I recognized that when I am 100% responsible for my outcomes, he goes, that gives me power. Hmm. Now, we've heard, we've heard speakers talk about this over the years. People like Brian Tracy back in the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s is that most of us do not have what I would say 100% responsibility for the outcomes that we get. Hmm. So let me back up here. According to Merriam-Webster, the definition of, of responsibility is causing something to happen. Now, if something doesn't happen in your business, it's because you have caused it not to happen, Hmm. which means you haven't been responsible for making it happen. And then we go back even further. I pull the corn shuck back even more is, okay, what characteristics and ways of being would I need to have to be responsible to make this happen in my business? Mm -hmm. But let let me solidify this even more. What everyone does 
is they go out and they try to do something, which is what I call the do be half model. Mm -hmm. If I do X, Y, Z, then I can be successful. And if I can be successful, then I can have the new Mercedes. Mm -hmm. Almost everyone works from that model, from do be half. That is a broken model. Mm -hmm. Why? Because if you don't actually do it, then you won't be it and you can't have it, but you never do it in the first place. Where we have to work from is be, do, have. Who do I have to be to do what I need to do to have what I want? That is the reverse model of how most people work, but that's a true peak performance model. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, and I've often used that or tried to use that on myself in the past. Like if I set a goal, it's like, okay, you know, I've heard it before. Well, who do you need to be to achieve that X uh, and kind of for, you know, vision cast that out, if you will. Right. Yeah, what, what characteristics, what yeah, exactly. ways of being, what mm -hmm. habits, what attributes, how would this person enter a room? How would they perhaps even dress and all that kind of jazz, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go there. Uh, another thing that I work with people on is, is unconscious habits. Mm -hmm. when, I, when I use the word unconscious, I also mean subconscious. People use the word inter interchangeably. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing is people set all these goals for what they want. Mm -hmm. You will not get what you want. You will get your subconscious habits. Mm -hmm. Because research has demonstrated that you, me, all of us, we show up on a daily basis and 95% of our behavior is completely unconscious habit, which is reptilian brain-based. Mm -hmm. So if you look at your morning, this morning, and every single morning, unless you've got small kids, which would make your kids are a little older, but if you look at your morning, for the most part, you start your morning with the same sequence of behavior. Absolutely. Whether it's coffee first or a latte or a cereal or the shower or whatever you do, mm -hmm. you have the same sequence. You button your shirt from the bottom to the top or top to the bottom. Mm -hmm. Same sequence. We go into unconscious habits. Mm -hmm. For all of you listening, let me show you actually how ingrained your habits are. Tomorrow morning, try to brush your teeth with the opposite hand to the one that you normally use <laughs> and see how hard that is. Right. So let's take this in the business. Let's take this in the real estate and mortgage. Whatever your unconscious habits of thinking and doing are, you carry into your business, but you don't even know that you're carrying it into your business because nobody drives to work and says, you know what? And even driving to work, you drive the same way every single day. Right. No one ever drives and says, well, you know, what habits am I going to get into today? Mm -hmm. They don't do that. We don't do that. Boom. It happens unconsciously. So whatever self-sabotage habits you have happen the second you walk in that door and they play out and then you're wondering why you don't get the end result that you want. Mm -hmm. Habits are vital. Remember, you don't get what you want. You get what your unconscious habits are. Mm -hmm. And it's vital that you build and you start small. You build habits and even habits of thinking that get you the outcomes that you want. Mm -hmm. Vital we start from the inside out. I attended a training last week. It was a DISC certification. I'm sure you're familiar mm -hmm. with that. And yep. one of the, in, in the study that they did, what they found was one of the traits of the, of the genius level achievers was self-awareness. Which most people, it's so funny, <laughs> and, I, and it applies to all of us to a large degree, is I'll tell people, you do this. No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> now, I want, you to, I'll tell, I want you to go back and just watch our coaching because it's live. Just I mean, it's a, a Zoom like this. Right. Go back. Because I'll watch, I watch for patterns. And I'll pull out a pattern. And I'm like, no, I don't do that, Jim. Go watch. And I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even know that I did that. <laughs> yes, you do scratch your nose there. <laughs> Self-awareness is vital. Okay. Yet most of us don't. So then how do we become more self, you know, how do we interrupt our patterns? How do we become more self-aware so we can be begin to make that change? A lot of that 
is just mindfulness okay. is paying attention to what we're doing. We have to become masters of our attention. But secondly is watching ourselves. Mm. Have you ever actually even just recorded yourself talking to people and listening for your patterns? We don't hear it. We don't see it. Right. My sister, uh, my mentor is my brother-in-law who is a shaman. Mm-hmm. And it, this is my sister's husband, and I've apprenticed with a shaman. Which, for those of you and most of you don't know, shaman would be the the medicine men in Native American tribes, or the seers, or the healers. Mm-hmm. And I've worked, and basically, he's taught me to use higher function of the mind over the years. Mm-hmm. I was on vacation with him and my sister just a couple of months ago, and he just kids. He calls his his wife, you know, like, hey, hey, babe, hey, baby, you know, what are you doing, baby? Mm-hmm. And we were talking, and she'd been married to him for thirty five years. And literally just a couple of months ago, I said, well, he often says, Hey baby, what are you doing? Hey babe. And she's like, he never calls me that. And I'm like, are you kidding me? He calls you that babe. Hey baby, baby, where's my keys? <laughs> he says that all the time. And in 35 years, she wasn't even aware of it. Really? That's yeah. We're so internally focused as beings. We don't see a lot of what goes on in our behavior or outside of us. All right. So you said something on a previous podcast I wrote down. Money doesn't come from effort or what you do it comes from identity yeah so that's it's huge i do a lot of identity work with people so i've got a coaching call with my students later today but there's something in here it's just a book that i had Mm. that a lady named here in dallas her name is virginia cook Mm -hmm. virginia is considered one of the top 20 thought leaders by nar um, in u.s real estate oh okay she has her own private company when she was 29 she was appointed president of henry s miller 29 years old back in like 1969, they already had 5,000 male agents. She left when she was 60, started her own company, and in 10 years, it became the second largest private real estate company in North Texas. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you all this for a reason. This woman is is friends with people like Ross Perot. Mm -hmm. Um, She was Roger Staubach. You might remember the old name, Roger. She was his mentor back in the 70s when he was getting into real estate. Mm -hmm. Now, she was my coach, but I mean, I was was her coach, but she became my mentor and one of the Mm -hmm. biggest business mentors I've ever had. And she said to me, we were talking one day and she said, you know, Jim, the first million is the hardest to make. Mm-hmm. And she said something that everyone listening right now has heard, but they don't, they understand it, but they don't know it mm-hmm. is she goes for an, for, for somebody to be very successful. They first have to be successful in their mind. Mm-hmm. Now let's go back a little further. Look what everyone does for the most part. And I say everyone, because almost everyone, they try to go do things but they're not successful in their mind. Mm-hmm. Now let's go to identity. If I'll give you the best example, one of my, somebody that I was coaching in LA at an upscale office, he grew up in a poorer part of LA and he was working in a predominantly, and I'm only just telling you this because this is what it was. Sure. He's working in an upscale, predominantly Caucasian office and he was Hispanic, mm-hmm. very well-spoken guy, very smart. I mean, just very polished agent. And he told me one day on a coaching call, he goes, these are his words. He says, the problem that I'm having is I'm still the Mexican boy from across the tracks. Hmm. Those are his exact words to me. Mm -hmm. Now, what I mean by that is even though he's working in an upscale real estate office, uh, seven figure homes and all this inside at the identity level, he was still the poor kid from, from across town. Mm -hmm. And I tell that very poignantly. It's a very real story. And I tell that. Because whatever you are in your identity, because your identity governs wealth, Mm. because if you grew up poor, which like even right now, 86% of the American population lives paycheck to paycheck, probably 80% of people watching this or listening grew up middle class or working class. 
So if you grew up and all you ever heard was, is money doesn't grow on trees, money's hard to come by, we're not like other people, money's hard to make. And here's a big one. You got to work hard and you got to struggle for money. And you take that unconsciously, which is what we do. You live by that paradigm your entire life. I grew up very much working class. So what I, I always heard those things. And a big one that I heard from my mother is that if you want a lot in life, you got to work really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Well, I lived by those paradigms for a lot of years. I do not live by them anymore. And I'm a seven-figure earner. I mean, I make, I make quite a bit of money. And I might work three or four hours a week because I switched the paradigms. Does, does that make sense? I changed my paradigms. It, it does make sense. And, and that, I think that's one that's so ingrained. It's a hard one to let go of. I mean, I think about the conversations that we have with our kids and my kids. Yeah, they're 16 and 14. Do you run the risk, though, of, you know, like in the example of the kids being like, well, then I could just be on easy street. I don't have to work so hard, you know? Well, that's where I go to not work, but responsible. What are you ah. responsible for creating? Oh, so a whole different. Uh, that's a paradigm right there. Because see, I used to I grew up with not responsible. I grew up with the hard work. I grew, mm-hmm. up, on, I grew up on a small Texas farm mm-hmm. and I was up every morning feeding the cattle. I mean, I worked hard. Yeah. Yeah. I, would, I, would, I would feed cattle at five, get on the bus, go to school, get back from school, three o'clock off the bus, back feeding, working with the cattle again, doing things. Yeah. So I was taught that because my parents wanted me to be a success, mm-hmm. but I was taught the way to do it is you put your nose to the grindstone and you right. struggle and you work hard. Now, everyone's supposed looks, to be hard. <laughs> and ex- exactly. And, and you work long hours and you yeah. look at everyone right now listening or watching this. I guarantee you 70% will say, you know what? Yeah, I work hard. Why can't I crack 70 grand a year or 80 or 250 or whatever it is? Right. You're not working from identity. And I have to give you an example of this. Mm-hmm. So they will go, uh-huh, I get it. Mm-hmm. Many years ago, I used to speak at the same events of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Never listened to him speak. I mean, I never, I didn't listen to other speakers. I just go speak and leave. One day I was waiting for a friend of mine. So I listened to Donald speak for a few minutes. And he said that, and I used to live in New York city and speak at large events. He said in 1992 that he was walking in the streets of New York and he saw a homeless guy. And he thought that guy is better off than I am because I, Donald Trump was $2.9 billion in debt. And that guy was a, just homeless, broke. Mm. So Donald Trump said, I am $2.9 billion on the other side of red of that guy. That guy's better off than me. Mm. Now, today, according to various reputable sources, he's worth about $3 billion. How does he go from $2.9 billion down in the red to $3 billion in the black? Mm. How does that happen? W- what do you think? Let's, let's talk through this. Well, I think, first of all, it's mindset. It's if I'm looking at my notes here, he was committed to change that. He took self-responsibility for where he was in his own actions. And I mean, the next word is self-integrity. I guess the self-integrity to follow through. Okay. Those are all, you're on the right track, but let's go even deeper. All right. Even though, and this is where so many people sabotage themselves, mm-hmm. even though in his external environment, meaning the bank account, which is outside of himself, it's external. Yeah. He was 2.9 billion in the red. Mm-hmm. In his self-image and his identity, he was still rich. Mm. We will always do what our self-identity is. And people have to get that. That's why we said identity governs wealth. So however you identify. Yeah. Was was he in massive pain? Don't know. I mean, I've heard it said before, then now you remember I remember that example. So if the so if your identity is I'm rich, but right now I'm negative two billion or whatever, then there's a huge uh, you know, dichotomy between your, your identity and where you're at. And so that's got to drive everything for you to change that. Let, let's go somewhere with this even deeper. Great question. Right. So what most people do, 
And I use, I'm using the word most a lot because I have coached a lot of people over the years and I just, just prevalent. Yeah. Okay. So what most people do is, and I had somebody yesterday, one of my coaching programs, she goes to look at her bank account mm -hmm. and she didn't have as much money as she thought. Mm -hmm. Then she went in, which she'd been coaching with me for 10 weeks. So she knows better. We pulled her right. She's like, yep, you're right. I went down the wrong rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. She knows better. So what happened was she looked at the bank account, something external, now she felt bad mm. when she felt bad that determined her behavior. Mm. So if I had to guess, Donald Trump, just watching him over the years, probably said, you know what? Okay. I'm 2.9 billion in the red. What do I have to do to get out of that? Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, Oh, poor me. I feel bad. You know what? I'm going to go drink a bottle of tequila tonight. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the world's coming to an end. It's yeah. like, okay, what do I have to do to, to, because it's automatic. That's how he's, he's wired because that's his identity. That's how he grew up. Hmm. We learn this as small children by the age of eight. We're hardwired by the age of eight mm -hmm. or softwired, which is unconscious paradigms, by the age of eight. So however we grow up, that's why, for example, I used to live in New York. That's why you see the, the um, Orthodox little Jewish kids growing up to be Orthodox Jewish. You see the Catholics growing up to be Catholics. You see the Republicans growing up to be Republicans mm -hmm. because we are indoctrinated as small children as to what the world is and is not. Yeah. That's the reality of it. Let me ask you this question. What comes first in the, in the pyramid, if you will, right? Is it identity, then beliefs, then actions? Okay. So everyone actually, you, you as well, um, draw a triangle on a paper in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Draw, draw a triangle, like a big old triangle, like most of an eight and a half by 11. Oh, okay. Here. Slip the page. Okay. And everyone actually doing this, unless you're driving, <laughs> then, then, then do this because this will be, this is a big aha for people when they get this. Yeah. All right, you have the triangle? Yeah. Top of the triangle, I want you to write environment. Environment, okay. Now, like a ladder, rungs all the way down. Below that, uh, we're going to go, I think, uh, five levels. Okay. Below that, you want to write behavior. Okay, behavior, yep. Below that, you want to write capabilities. Capabilities, okay. Below that, you want to write beliefs. Beliefs, okay. Below that, you want to write identity. Hmm, all right. Okay. Now here's what happens. Let's go. Uh, we're in December. This is coming out January. Everybody's ramping up their business, setting their goals. Mm -hmm. um, New Year's resolutions, right? Mm -hmm. Well, research shows with New Year's resolutions, by the third week of January, 92% uh, of people have already fallen off track. Right. Here's why. The environment is what you want to create in 2019. Mm -hmm. let's, let's use a parallel metaphor here working out. The environment is your body looking in the mirror. Mm -hmm. This is what I want. So when people want to change their environment, what they do is they say, well, what do I have to do? What behaviors are going to get me to right. the outcome that I want? Right. So in January, they say, you know what? Okay, I don't like this extra 20 pounds they put on. I'm going to do something. I'm going to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. That's where most people start and most people stop. <laughs> what no one ever asks is this. Well, okay, what capabilities do I need? What skills do I need to go to the gym five days a week? Mm. They okay. never ask that question. Then they never say, well, what do I believe about going to the gym five days a week? Because see, most people that don't go to the gym at all are habituated not going to the gym. And their actually unconscious belief is I don't like it. It's too much work. I don't have time. I'm too right. old. It's too hard to lose weight, etc." Mm -hmm. Then we have to look at, okay, well, what identity, let's say that my, my environment is I want to be trim and fit. I want to be lean. I want to be a 32 inch waist, trim, fit and lean. Okay. Where we have to really go is what identity would someone have who has that body? Hmm. 
But if you notice here visually for all of you that have drawn this, where everyone starts is at the behavioral level, not asking what capabilities do I need? What beliefs do I need? And how do I identify with this? And so what happens is because they start the behavior, let's say at the identity level that you're a person who can't stay committed. No matter what, you always fall off track. Mm-hmm. When you try to go do something, which is going to the gym, you're going to be, you're going to be sideswiped by the identity that says, you know what? You never stay on track anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why you'll start the behavior. You'll, you'll use will, willpower, yeah. which is a fixed resource. And then two or three days later, you're back to your old behavior again. Hmm. Okay. Same thing applies to money and achievers. Same thing. So once again, we come back to identity drives everything. Identity drives everything. So for example, when I asked you earlier, um, like part of your identity is, is that you like music. Yep. It's behind you on the wall. It's very, it's very evident to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and some, some good music too. Thank you. But, it's, 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 but see, that's also, someone else could say that's crap music. But my identity is I like that kind of music, right? right? right. So remember when I said liver and onions? Yeah. You are someone, you identify as someone who doesn't like liver and onions. Yeah. Let's dig deeper. Okay. How many cigarettes did you smoke today? Yeah, zero. <laughs> zero, okay. I didn't either. But how come you didn't smoke any? My identity, man. Yeah. You're not a smoker, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're a smoker, you smoke cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Now, let's go back to Virginia Cook. So she's like, Jim, my agents don't get it, is <laughs> that to be successful, you've, and we've heard all this in the motivational stuff, but people yeah. don't really, they don't understand it. To be successful in the world, I first have to be a success in my mind. Mm-hmm. One more step here. Sun Tzu said, I'm going to mangle this, but he said that a victorious warrior wins in his mind mm-hmm. and then goes to battle. Mm-hmm. A defeated warrior goes to battle and then tries to win. Let's look at LOs and let's look at real estate agents. Mm-hmm. They're not successful in their mind first and yeah. especially about money. And then they go to battle to their listing presentations and their consults and everything. But in their mind, they're broke, which sabotages them. Mm-hmm. If they're rich in their mind and their capabilities, They will be rich in the external world, which is the experience. Hmm. I love that. I love that. So many thoughts are flowing in my head right now. Yeah, sure. Um, Because I'm I'm conscious of the time as well. And we want to wrap up in just a few minutes. But uh, I wrote something down from um, this. I think it's along the same line of what we're talking about. You said, if I'm correct, could be paraphrasing, forget about your why. Yeah. Um, I've seen, yeah, th- thank you for that. Yeah. I tend to be somebody who breaks a lot of molds for people. So, and you <laughs> That's hear a big about- one I've used, man. What's your why? You know, because the old saying was your why, you, you have a big enough why, you'll figure out the how. Right. Okay. okay so break there, that down. Well, let me, let me go here. Have you ever heard before the study that was done at Yale University in 1958, where they actually surveyed all the students? What are your goals? Do you write them down? Mm-hmm. 20 years later, the 3% who wrote them down made more than the other 97% combined. Okay. So a lot of people have heard that mm-hmm. it never happened. So that's, that's people it's false. It's false. Really? Yeah. It never happened. So wow. people are just perpetuating all this information. Yeah. The same thing with the why or because they don't understand how the brain and the unconscious mind works. People work with external motivation, not how the brain works. And therefore people don't mm-hmm. achieve their goals and they go to all these events and pay all this money and they, they don't get anywhere with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's the thing. If you need a why, and I'm going to go two places with this. If you need a why to achieve your goal, it's not a goal because you're saying, you know what? I really want that over there, but I need to remind myself over here why I want that over there, which means what you want over there is not compelling enough. Hmm. So for most people, a why is analytical. Let me just go through my analytical thinking. Okay. Now I think, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Now I know why I want that. Mm -hmm. And I have seen people also 
go in a circle here in Texas, the Texas Aggies, there's a joke. If you want to drive an Aggie crazy, put him in a round room and tell him to sit in the corner. Okay. So people go their entire lifetime. What is my why? 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 And I tell people, stop looking for your why and start because it's analytical and start asking yourself what makes me matter because that's emotional. That's what drives us. So what makes me matter? Mm-hmm. So for me, I change lives at a very at a, at a transitional level. To uh-huh. clarify, sorry, what makes me matter? What makes me matter? Yeah. M-A-T-T-E-R. What makes me matter? Because that's power. That's emotional. That's not an analytical answer. The why is always an analytical answer. So I can buy the house or I can be number one or I can put my kids through college. But yet I've seen people say, well, I do what I do. My why is to put my kids through college, mm-hmm. but yet they don't increase their income at all. Two, three, four, five years. They do, they do a 10%, you know, 10% yearly increase. But on top of that, uh, most people, and I've worked heavily in the, in the mortgage and real estate industry. Mm-hmm. Most people don't develop their skills and especially their internal skills. They follow the economy. The economy goes up. They all go up. The economy comes down. They all tank because they're, they're, they're actually responding and living from something external, which is the environment. Hmm. And is that why then we see people who do well in any market because of the identity? Correct. Um, when I used to actually coach uh, team leaders, sales leaders, one of the questions I'd say I want you to ask in an interview is this. If the economy is good, I would say, what do you think about the economy going bad? If the economy is bad, I would say, what do you think about the economy? The reason why is I want to know if their answer is an external answer or an internal answer. Top producers will always say, I don't care what happens in the economy. I'm still going to do well. People that aren't top producers will say, you know what? I'll try harder. I'll adjust my marketing. I'll do this. All things outside of themselves. Hmm. People that are top producers, and I've coached on Wall Street. I've coached movie stars. I've coached real estate. I've coached yeah, a dozen industries. People that are really successful will be successful no matter what's happening in the external world. And that is identity. And that is because with identity becomes those three things. They're committed. They have responsibility and self, self-integrity. Yes and no. Um, let's go a little deeper here. You can have, for example, part of your identity could be that you're very committed with things, but another part of your identity could be is that you're not self-integral and self-integral. Well, let me, let me back up. I just contradicted myself because those are actually complimentary. Okay. Those are, those are independent individual characteristics. It doesn't mean you're going to have all four in your identity. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because somebody, for example, I think what's important is to be a visionary. Now you could be very committed, but have no vision. So you're not achieving what you could achieve. Those are each one that I gave you is an independent characteristic of identity. Doesn't you can have them all. You you might not have them all. You don't need all three to, you know, be who you want to be or whatever achieve. I would say the number one that you need is two. I'm going to give you two, two that I think are indispensable, a hundred percent responsibility, a hundred percent responsible and a hundred percent self-integral. There was some research done at Harvard University by Dr. Michael uh, Jenkins, I believe his name is, many years ago. And he said, this is one of the most overlooked principles in business, Mm -hmm. is the concept of self-integrity. Self-integrity is that you do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. What they've discovered at Harvard Business School studying, long-term study, is that when you do what you say you're going to do, your productivity will go up anywhere from one to 500%, which means you will at least double your income to five times in your income with no additional input. Hmm. However, I know the numbers because again, I've done this for a long time and I put all of my students through assessments. 
Most will come in at what I call 90-70. When I give my word to other people, I keep it 90% of the time. Mm. When I give my word to myself, I only keep it 70% of the time. Well, if you only keep your word to yourself in school, that would be C. That would be an average score. Mm. If you only keep your word to yourself 70% of the time, then how can you expect to knock it out of the park when you don't keep your word to yourself? And that could be, I'm going to prospect three days a week. I'm going to work out three days a week. I'm going to contact 10 new contacts a week, whatever it is. People don't keep their word. Why? Because they let the external world knock them off track. They don't keep their word and therefore they go right back to their old behaviors again. Hmm. Michael Phelps, hang on here. Michael Phelps, you know who he is. We all know who he is. On 60 Minutes, I don't know if it's true or not, but in seven years, his coach said he mispracticed how many times? My first gut reaction was once, but then zero popped in my head. Zero. Zero. So that is, that's all three, isn't it? It can be. And you're getting stuck on all three. But what I look at is what are the personal characteristics that drive you? Mm. I've got an extra 10 minutes. Let's go here of something. Okay. Um, A Navy SEAL once Mm -hmm. said, I I don't know if I read this or one of my clients told me, a Navy SEAL said that he was going to run three miles a day. He was already through through SEAL training. Mm. I'm going to run three miles a day. What happened is a couple of weeks in, he got sick and he said to himself, am I going to stay in bed because I have the flu or am I going to run today? He got up and ran because he said that's what he said he would do. Mm. He said he'd recover from the illness, but he wouldn't recover from actually breaking his word to himself. Hmm. Wow. And this is something where I can't tell you, everyone listening, I want you to look at your own life. Hmm. I can't tell you the amount of people that say things. I'm going to prospect. I'm going to lead generate. I'm going to do my yearly plan. I'm going to do this. I'm, they don't do it. Then this becomes unconscious behavior. Mm-hmm. We need to keep going with this because this is vital. Okay. So what if you're in business with somebody, you're, you've got a business partner, mm-hmm. and they say, you know what, Jeff, I'm going to do it on Monday. They don't do it. I'm going to do it on Wednesday. They don't do it. I'm going to do it next Monday. They don't do it. And this goes for two weeks. What do you start to believe about them? Yeah, they're not a person of their word. They're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So every time you give yourself your word and you don't keep it, you literally train yourself that... It doesn't matter if I give my word or not, because I'm not going to keep it anyway. Mm-hmm. Now bring that into business. I'm going to prospect on Monday. Oh crap. I, I, I got behind. I didn't do it. I'll, I'll pick up Wednesday. Nope. Didn't do it on Wednesday. I'll do it Friday. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. This becomes a decades long cycle for people because they've trained themselves that they don't need to listen to what they say and they don't value their word. All right. Then can we briefly close out on how someone can be, uh, have more self-integrity so they do become that person? Absolutely. Everything's habit. Uh-huh. People, when I say that, people, I know you're nodding, but people don't get. Research demonstrates that up to 95% of what we do is brain-based habit. Yeah. So if, you, if you're not a committed person, it's not because there's a moral value about you being a bad person of any kind. It's because you've learned not to be committed. Mm. Plain and simple, my dad is an alcoholic. So I grew up in my early years watching my dad say, I'm going to do blah, 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 blah. My dad never did any of it. So what he taught me is it's okay to say that I'm going to do it and not be committed and not doing it. So that's what I learned. It depends on what we learn early on. So if we find that we're not committed, and let's say this, and that's a valuable um, characteristic and way of being, you start small. I would, if I was coaching somebody, I'd say, download the app. It's called commit to three. It's free. You do three small things every single day and make them small. You actually, as simple as this, make your bed every single morning. And I'm just picking one arbitrarily. You put the dishes away in the dishwasher before you leave. Something that's actually easy enough that's not work to do. Mm -hmm. And you start teaching yourself how to be committed. Mm -hmm. So what you want to look at, everyone listening, I'm going to ask you a simple question. What would be the number one way of being or characteristic 
that you could master that would get you to follow through on what it is and the things that you want to do in your business. Now, start small and start working like a muscle and building that characteristic and commitment and self-integrity, keeping your word when you say you're going to do it. Uh, well, commitment, you can get commit to three. Self-integrity would be, you know what? Never speak a word out of your mouth unless you're actually going to do what you speak. Mm. Because now you're reconditioning the unconscious mind. Those are two of the, and they sound very simple. And every one of you listening now, you might be thinking, oh, I get it, I get it, I get it. I'm telling you, I've worked with Olympic athletes. I've worked with billionaire CEOs. Mm -hmm. we, we, it's it's brain-based. It's not external motivation. It's yeah. brain-based. We have to recondition the identity. We have to recondition behaviors. One more thing here that I tell a lot of my students okay. is what we, we're going to use the word visualize or imagery. What you visualize over and over and over is what you program your unconscious mind with. Mm -hmm. So to keep this really simple without going in depth, every one of you can go to Amazon, get a book. It's really simple. It's 100 years old. No one knows who wrote it. It's called It Works. Mm. The book will take you about 20 minutes to read. It's a really short book. Uh, the author is, I think, R.H.J. or something like that. The title of the book is It Works. Okay. What he has you do, which you probably read and think and grow rich mm -hmm. in the morning. And this is because of brainwave function also in the morning, you open your eyes. First thing you do is you imagine what it is you want to create at lunch. Close your eyes. Imagine what it is you want to create at night before bed, right before you go to sleep, close your eyes, hear, see, and feel the operative word is feeling because the unconscious mind works on feeling. Mm -hmm. What would you see? Who would you be? How would you feel if you already made 250,000 a year? You do that over and over and over with gentle repetition. Now you're reprogramming your subconscious paradigm. Got it. Okay, cool. And I'm going to put links in the show notes to all that, to sure. uh, the app, to the book. It works. And speaking of links in the show notes, before we close out, if anybody wants to connect with you, uh, where would you like to send them? My name, jimfortin.com. Easy enough, right? Yep, easy enough. I've got a podcast coming live January the 1st, and awesome. we dig into all of this and go much deeper in the podcast. Yeah, and I have to say, I mean, I've been, uh, since you and I originally talked, I've been following your content. It's good stuff, man. Your Instagram is just like, I mean, you've got lessons on your Instagram where you just sit there and you look at it, you're like, oh my God, wow, really? That's my intention. <laughs> that, that is my intention to get people to really, really think at a higher level Yeah. outside, outside of just what we've been. We all, people will say to me, I used to be a hypnotist. Uh, mm -hmm. which is medically endorsed. Mm -hmm. And people will say, is it hard to get people into hypnosis? No, that's easy. It's hard to get people out of hypnosis from what they've been programmed by right. our culture. And right. especially for all of us here about money, because mm -hmm. we've been programmed. It's hard and it's not easy. I walked into a Porsche dealership last week. I grew up poor. Mm -hmm. Shit. I mean, we had all beat up cars. I walked into a Porsche dealership last week and just made an impulse buy on a Porsche. Nice. That's who I am this day and age because I can do that. But I had to shift that identity from we have to work hard for everything and we can't have that. Mm. And everyone listening is no different than me. It's the programming that comes out in us and we have to shift the programming. No, I get it, man. I like it. I've been doing some of that self-work too. It's like, you know, be open to the possibility of things just flowing to you. You know, That's where I work from. Is that, well, I know we have to go in a bit, but here, yeah. I want to give you guys something also. I tell all of my students to read this book. All okay. of my one to ones and my coaching students. Um, there is a book, and I think it's, it's a what's the when an author writes a book and it's not their real name, what do they call it? A pseudonym, surname, or, or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But there's a book called Pen Name. Pen, okay. Dollars flow to me easily. Okay. And it's a paradigm shift for most people. 
And where I used to work from, and you'll learn in the book where I used to, but I didn't learn this from the book, but the book just solidifies it so well. Mm -hmm. I learned this from my brother-in-law a lot of years ago Mm -hmm. is where most people work from is that money comes from work. Mm -hmm. Money does not come from work. Mm -hmm. Money comes from the universe. It comes from consciousness and energy. Mm-hmm. And to prove that, have you ever had a time in your life, especially all of you LOs, where you're just sitting at your desk, somebody calls you and goes, hey, my name is Bob Smith. You don't know me, but I talked to Joe Schmo. Joe said, I got to call you. Boom, a $3,000 loan fall, a commission falls right in your lap. Mm-hmm. But you yeah. did no work to get Joe Schmo calling you. Mm-hmm. The universe brings us money and the universe responds to our consciousness. This is not woo-woo. This is even quantum physics. Right. So if you vibrate, which means you feel poor, will attract more of that. Mm-hmm. You feel wealthy, you will attract more of that back into your experience. Mm-hmm. Awesome. We gave, them plenty of, we gave them plenty to think about today. We certainly did. And plenty of resources to go buy, download, whatever, you know, the books and all that stuff. So I'm going to put the links in the show notes. Thank you for helping us kick off 2019 to become more of who we want to be at our best. Absolutely. Thank you for the invite. You bet. And listeners, as always, thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, please let us know. Give us a little love on the uh, podcast ratings, and we appreciate you. we see you on the next one. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Marketing Radio. Want more truth in mortgage marketing? Get more free training and resources at MortgageMarketingInstitute.com. Hey guys, what's up real quick. Uh, you've heard about the mortgage marketing pro membership before. And I just want to quickly remind you if that you're in a place in your business where you simply need more purchase loans, you need to fill your pipeline with purchase business. Let's just face it. Agents are still a solid pillar of business and sources of purchase business for you. Well, good news. Our Mortgage Marketing Pro membership helps loan officers like you close more loans without the hassle of chasing agents or cold calling. Done for you agent classes, expert training videos, a marketing automation platform that automates the entire process for you, everything you need to build your personal brand in your local market, attract and convert agents into referral partners, plus done for you proven marketing materials and plug and play content to make promoting your class, getting agents, butts and seats, partnering with affiliates real easy. But that's not all. You'll also get access to our weekly mastermind calls with top LOs, authors, speakers, and coaches to learn the best strategies to grow your business right now in today's market. And as an extra bonus for a limited time, for all new members, you'll get access to a database of 200 agents in your local market that have closed anywhere to, from eight to 50 transactions in the last 12 months. And we'll provide that list upload into our platform for you so you can get off to a fast start in reaching actually productive agents. So what are you waiting for? You can check out more at mortgagemarketing.pro, see more of the success stories there. And if you feel compelled to do so, book a call. We'll have a chat. We'll see if it's a fit. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your mortgage business to the next level right now. Head over to mortgagemarketing.pro.